0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. never thought I'd be one to listen to books, but now because life has gotten so busy, uh, I've really gotten into Audible. Audible's content includes unmatched selection of audiobooks, easily searchable, and also broken down into categories. Users can sign up as an Audible listener, which gives them books credits each month for a low monthly fee. And the credits are awesome. Each one is worth more, in my experience, than what you've paid for it. Sometimes you've got to buy a book uh, online that's Audible for like $29. Your credit's $14. It's such a great value. This last month, they just had a two-for-one sale. Uh, so that comes around often, too. Customers download their choices, can access it from their phone, their Android, their Fire, the iPod, iPhone, any MP3 player as well. Um, and you can start a 30 day trial uh, and get your first audiobook for free. You can go to audible.com forward slash Detroit, or you can text Detroit, not case sensitive, to 500 500. Texting is only available in the U.S., so uh, sorry for the rest of the world on that one. Uh, those interested in hospitality, listen to our podcast, Setting the Table by Danny Myers, definitely worth listening to. Uh, it's a book that uh, sparked our love for hospitality. Also, Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential is one to listen to. And right now, I'm listening to Genius Foods by Max Lugge- Uh One more time, uh, start a 30-day free trial uh, membership where you go to get your first audiobook for free at yeah. audible.com.
1: Coming to you from Podcast Detroit, it's Heard, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Heard is a collaboration between the Hungry Dudes, Nick Drinks, and the Detroit Optimist Society. Each week, we interview industry professionals about issues related to food, beverage, and hospitality. Please take a moment to subscribe to Herd through the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, SoundCloud, or however you subscribe to your podcasts. Write a review and let us know what you think. For additional content, including awesome videos and photos, visit herdpodcast.com, like Herd Podcast on Facebook, and follow at Herd Podcast on Instagram. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoy this week's episode of Herd. friends, and welcome to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. I'm Joe Hakeem, and tonight I'm joined by Vato. Hola. Nick. Go away.
2: Jason. (laughs) Sorry, that was me drinking some of Nick's rye whiskey. You guys all (laughs) suck, all right?
1: And the head butcher in charge at this soon-to-be-open Gratiot Avenue Provisions, Aramis Jones. Hello. Thank you for joining us, Aramis.
3: No problem. Thank you for having me.
1: All right. Nick uh you are um wanting to start
4: with a story no i'm not going to talk to any of you well i go out of my way to bring you two really nice rides, and you're like we're going to start with nicks because this is the cheapest well you know (laughs) i don't know anything about
1: value but i know that the the bottles on the right of me versus the bottle on the left of me the bottles on the right of me are probably more expensive and
4: you haven't drank any of them yet i tried this one it's
1: quite it's fine good
4: yeah Yeah. good all right what do you want to talk about this rick and morty bar that Was open for a day
1: and then received a cease and desist from.
4: Yeah, so I'm a huge, huge Rick and Morty fan. And if you know the drink company, they do a ton of pop ups. They did the Mario pop up, they did the Game of Thrones pop up, and they're based in DC. And they did a Rick and Morty pop up. And I guess they had like a gentleman's agreement with Turner slash uh, Adult Swim. And when it's Cartoon Network, too, right? Cartoon Network, yeah. Then not Adult Swim. Well, that's, I mean, Adult Cartoon Network. You're right. Okay. Um And when it came down to it, they said, okay, we're going to need $100,000 to license this. And, you know, Derek and Angie are like, no, we, we haven't paid that. This is like an art project. We're like donating all the profits to a charity. We can't pay that. So they went back and forth with the lawyers. They opened for a day and then they got the cease and desist and they were done. They wanted $100,000 to have this bar for this like pop up. Yeah, happen? I don't know how long it was. Maybe I mean, they're normally open for like maybe a month or so. But, um, yeah, they, they, they're like, we can't pay $100,000. Where did the $100,000 come from?
1: Do you have any idea?
4: So it, it's probably some sort of licensing fee for, like, a T-shirt or making, like, an action figure or something. <clears throat> Maybe that's their standard rate.
1: The standard rate of, like, Cartoon Network or Well, whatever. or
4: licensing from Rick and Morty. Because Rick and Morty's pretty pretty hot right now.
1: Okay. But, I mean, if they're doing this for a month and you take $100,000 off the top... You got and you if, got if negative, you do a million if you do yeah. a million dollars during the month, that's still ten percent of
4: Yeah, and I doubt it, I doubt doing a million dollars. So months. this well,
0: is a TV show? Yeah. <laughs> I, I the only <laughs> it's thing It's for I, smart people. That's why I, <laughs> I totally get it yeah. <laughs> The only thing I think I watch is a Cartoon Network is the Teen Titans. Whatever, so it's the a new great Teen show. Titans or the old the team? new one. I, I apparently got my <sighs> three I got my three year old on that. <laughs> And
2: Apparently watching, their licensing fee is only ten dollars. <laughs> we're watching it the
0: other day, and the wife was like, "I don't know if this is three year old appropriate." I'm like, "It's too late. We're already watching it."
4: Teen Titans Go, which is the new one, is pretty kid friendly. Teen Titans Go, okay. yeah, that's like where they're like kind of goofy. Yeah, the the new, the older one is a little more serious.
0: This, I mean, it's got cyborg and it's got all yeah all that, mm-hmm. but then like killing people in it too. So I saw that and I was like, oh, but it's cartoon, you know, it's like. Run up watching the Simpsons or the Flintstones, right? You know?
1: Yeah, and so let, let, let's want to go down this cartoon path for a second. I know this is kind of off topic, but um, speaking of cartoons, <clears> I, I was very disappointed in the Matt Groening, Netflix. Really, the first episode. I'm like
4: uh, three, three and a half episodes. I got through there. the
1: first one. I thought it was pretty shitty. I don't know. I, I, it was it was hard to follow. Um, kind of annoying.
4: So I, I okay. I don't love it. I, I like it, and I appreciate some of the nerdy references in there. I'm, I'm going to give it the whole season. I'm I'm going to watch it.
1: I'm not going to f- I'm not
4: going to give disenchanted up on it for disenchant. everyone. Yeah. Jason, yeah. are you watching? I'm cartoons? not. Were you a future fan?
2: Nick's also unemployed right now, is that correct? So he has the time <laughs> to sit there and watch all those things. <laughs>
4: well, now everyone knows. Fun, 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 employed. Employed. Fun, employed. fun employed. Fun employed. Thank you. I'm too yes. busy listening to books I... on audible.com. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually have downloaded audible.com in the last week and I'm listening to a couple books right now.
4: I've since my fun employment started, I've killed at least three books.
0: You so. want to, here's a trick. Make it at 1.25 speed. That's you get through the book faster. I got it. Depends on the speaker, though. Some speakers you kind of want the yeah. I can't do that kind of
4: suspense. I mean it for the the whole ambiance. I don't <laughs> want the micro machine guy talking to the book for me. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Game of Thrones. Oh my god, I'm so great! Everyone's gonna die. Wow. Well, yeah, too fast. Well, One twenty five. If you
0: have a relatively slow speaker, <coughs> welcome to <laughs> heard. Your food, beverage, and hustle. are you talking
1: no. about point seven five now? You're not talking about if they talk it makes normally. The like
4: experience that. longer, yeah, <laughs> cause cause it's already go. too
1: short. Just cut, cut it to point five, yes. and there you go. It's yeah, no, uh, I don't. Know.
3: Are there any good books, books on butchery? Ah, <laughs> uh, there's lots of good books on butchery. <laughs> Dan, every Danforth book is a great book on butchery. So nice. he goes through the whole catalog: beef, chicken, rabbits, goose, dog, <laughs> illustrated. Uh do what? No it it's just works. It's just words. Well, I'm saying that would yeah. be a hard book
0: to replicate <clears throat>
4: into and get Cut to the third rib. I are looked are at there some, photos uh, is that what you're
1: asking?
0: Is it
4: a
1: picture yep. book? Yeah,
0: absolutely. What, so, mo- <laughs> well, most of the most of the audiobooks that have uh photos and stuff have a PDF attachment to it that you get for oh, free. That's, that's nice. I oh, I okay.
1: oh, I didn't Oh, I now I get it. Yeah, I looked at some. So you're saying is, books. is there a, a butchery book that's a bad. an audio
4: book. I don't know
3: if you want to listen to a butchery book on <laughs> Audible. <laughs> a lot
4: of squish no, I mean, nothing against Audible here, yeah, but like, yeah, you yeah. know.
3: That doesn't sound like fun to me <laughs>
0: anyway. <laughs> Maybe in the, well, I was going to go back to like the shower comments we had a couple weeks ago, but. What? Drinking in the shower. <laughs> we can listen to Audible in the shower. <laughs> Passing
1: time. Oh, I thought you could. Talk about butchering in the shower, and I think like, that's a whole nother <laughs> yes. urban legend that we don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> was that the two kidneys missing, or the kidney missing in the morning? Like that whole yeah, yep. yeah,
2: in mm-hmm. the ice yeah, bath, bath, yeah, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. That's an urban legend. What about shower <laughs> charcuterie, though? Ooh.
4: <laughs> we have? I mean, it's already pretty this. sweaty, yeah. so we're all there like drooling over this charcuterie board in front of us. Yeah, so let's talk about that, aramis What's up, what did you bring with you?
3: So I brought uh three of my favorite salamis on the board. We have a soprasada, a finocchiona, and a fileno. Do you, I chose those three. They're three very traditional Italian salamis. Um, they're my favorite, and I follow the Italian style of charcuterie butchery. Um, <clears throat> and these are very classic salamis, four ingredients at the most, and they're just time honored traditions of the Italians. You can know? Can
1: you kind of talk about each one?
3: Yeah, because they all and, look the same, yeah. kind of <laughs> just looking at them. <laughs> right. So if well, I mean, to my trained eye, I can see every little difference in there, but. One one thing I try to tell my partner, Nick, who works with me, he says everything looks the same. Not Nick Briggs, uh, uh, right. no, but I do no. too. <laughs> 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 so the filet, uh, it has whole black peppercorns in there. Mm. So if you look for the whole black peppercorns, you'll see that. The uh, finociona has whole fennel. If you look for the fennel, you'll see the difference mm. in there. And then the soprasada, <clears throat> it has chili flakes. So if you look for the chili flake, you'll see that. So okay. that's it. That just it just a different spice, really. In different, every every salami is based in the same. It has salt. It has uh, cure number one, tinted cure mix, and um, but all the spices are different. So there's black pepper, black pepper, red wine, garlic in there. In the finocchiona, there's fennel, black pepper. That's it. And then in the uh, soppressata, there's garlic, red chili flake, and black pepper.
1: Now, now you made a, these are all made by you. Yeah, it's all handmade. made by me. Awesome. And then what are the, what about the two? So
3: the whole cuts. Uh, these are two of my favorite whole cuts. Uh, the lomo, which is this one, looks like a little mini prosciutto, if you will. This is my favorite cut because it is the most overlooked. Everyone wants to make pork chops here in America. So what I do is I take the whole loin off and cure it. And lomo literally means loin. So mm. um, and then the copa. That's obviously the king of the whole cuts. Next to prosciutto. It's just fantastic. It has awesome marbling. The flavor is always fantastic, and it's beautiful. And what cut is this? The Copa comes from the shoulder, and uh, it connects the neck to the, the shoulder. Cool. Yeah, so it's called the neck-shoulder muscle.
1: So let's talk about – you use the word whole cut a lot.
3: So whole cut means what? Whole cut is literally the primals from the pig. So you break it down into primals – uh, the shoulder, that's the whole cut comes from the shoulder. It, these are the muscles that make up the anatomy of the pig. So the loin, this is the entire loin. I just take the whole thing and cover it in salt and cure it and dry it like that. And can that be done with any cut? It can be done with any cut so on the pig. So you could take like
4: a T-bone or the pig. Sorry, pig. All right. So you could do like a, well, a ham basically. a, yeah. a Ham.
3: Yep. Okay. So you just take the whole ham and uh, cure it in salt for three months and then let it hang for a year. Fantastic! You got a prosciutto. So
1: charcuterie, as a as a practice, like there's in books, it goes all the way back to the first century. Um, in terms of like salted meat showing up, right? It was a means of preservation.
3: It was a means of preservation. I was just explaining to someone yesterday that charcuterie is the poor man's food back in the day. You know, the the rich they didn't eat charcuterie. They didn't they didn't need to worry about what was happening with their food or where it was coming from. So. The poor had to figure out how to make their food last a little bit longer, and they used salt and other means of preserving it. And that's pretty much how charcuterie was born.
1: Yeah, and so that's kind of the path I want to follow is like this this has transitioned from, as you say, a poor man's man's food or or peasant food to this kind of like elevated cuisine, right? So you can't go into – if you go into any restaurant that has a charcuterie board, you're dropping – Somewhere in between
4: 15 to $30 on the board. Right? Absolutely, yeah. Um, That's in a restaurant, too, though. Yeah. But, but you can also go to Meyer and pick up a bunch of salami and throw it on a board for 3 bucks.
1: Yep. Well, you can, but it's not going to be the same level of quality, and you can go to right. Ventimiglia's or Cantoros and get, like, true charcuterie. Okay.
4: So on a, on a side point, so I actually did a class where we made a whole prosciutto, and we, my dad and I split it. We got the whole ham. And by about halfway through it, we were so sick of prosciutto. The but, whole ham? Yeah. But it cost us like 300 bucks and we had enough prosciutto for for like a year. you just say you were
0: sick of prosciutto? You can, you can <laughs> <Yeah>. leave now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's
3: possible.
4: When you're trying to eat Bye, the whole Nick. prosciutto. <laughs> by
3: I've been eating charcuterie every day for the last five years. <laughs> so.
4: But a variety. A variety is the key. Right, well, anybody
0: out there wants to bring me some uh, prosciutto, I will eat it every day. Well, I'm good Absolutely. now because that was a couple <laughs> <of> years, <laughs> years ago. I'll do the 365 challenge. <laughs> so
1: so uh, a couple of years ago, I was, the, um, I was able to attend pig, pig Stock Traverse yeah. City, um, which was uh, put on by Cherry Capital Foods, and uh, one of the guests of honor was Brian Polson. And one of the classes that he – or one of the kind of segments that he taught was uh, – kind of a cost analysis of charcuterie, and he, he used prosciutto as an example. And the kind of – the the um, the cost to uh, profit ratio is pretty incredible. You can make some good money off of prosciutto
4: because of what you just – you you cure a whole – Right, but you still have a time in storage. So if you have room to store it, right. yes, rock on. Um, but if you don't, then that's, that's space that might be very – you know, precious in your fridge.
1: Yeah, and let's talk about that, Ermin, in terms of space. What are you looking at? In ter- what do you have right now in terms so of space? So I have
3: about uh, 700 square feet of walk-in cooler space have, uh, about about this room. That doesn't uh,
0: help
1: anybody, Nick. S- <laughs>
4: helps
0: me. Yeah, this is this – For those uh, watching on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> maybe.
3: Maybe. Yeah, the size of this room for Kieran? No, maybe a little bit bigger. No, it's yeah. bigger
2: than this room. Yeah.
3: Bigger than this room. Okay. I can definitely walk in it comfortably. Uh huh. So, um, so a small that's... bedroom. Yeah. A small <laughs> master bedroom. A small <laughs> master bedroom. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so, p- but that's all for Kieran. Now, the, the room that I actually use for butchery is triple the size. So, and that's just lined with stainless steel and tile. I and... actually only have one table in it and two racks because everything gets process I process it immediately and uh throw it into cryo seal bags so I'm conserving as much space as I possibly can and then it goes it's only in the walk in for about two days to a <laughs> week okay. at any given time. And it goes right into that curing room. Cool.
0: Is there a nitrogen
3: a component to the seal or is just Oh, uh, uh, no. 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 No uh none at all. That's just a regular seal and it's just to uh equalize the meat with the salt.
1: So, the, all of what you brought today was pork. Yes, um, and then charcuterie. The the word charcuterie comes from it's like pork butcher, right? As we, um, but are you butchering other animals as well? Or are you doing strictly pork right now?
3: Uh, I do a few items that are beef, but I've butchered all types of animals. I mean, working at Rose, and right now we we had to do the chef's table dinner. I had to butcher three different animals, but typically it's only pork. I get in. I actually get in pigs from Cherry Capital okay. Yeah, I just got one in today. So what's the weirdest animal you've butchered? Uh, like a frog? <laughs> I've actually <laughs> eaten a whole frog. Just put it right in my mouth. Didn't butcher it at all.
2: Does eighth grade count for the frog dissection? We didn't or do that. One? We had yeah. like
4: a sheep eye or something. Mm. Oh. Sheep eye? Yeah. Well, un- just an eyeball. Just an eyeball. Just, we huh. were poor in our school district.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't no animal is weird to me, so I can't really say. Mm, good answer. I've never butchered an alligator, that's for sure. What ah. what got what got you into butchery? Uh, working at Rose, so I start. I got hired at Rose about six years ago, and I worked. Andy Holiday is actually the one who hired me, and I was just truly amazed at what they did there. They, you know, they st- they get whole primals in for their steaks. They do all their steak butchery themselves. They did all the chicken, veal, everything. They did in house. So. I started off on garbage so I was just making salads, and every day I would just watch those guys do butchery, and six months later, I was doing the butchery.
4: So my poor wife is a vegetarian, and she was trying to <laughs>
0: I, well, I poor, love my she's wife. She's not a poor wife
4: because she's a vegetarian. Uh, <laughs> and she wanted to impress her boyfriend by for, I think, my 30th birthday. 35th, 30th, 30th. So she took me to a roast. Oh, nice! And there's nothing on the menu for her. There's yeah. there's
3: like a ah, salad. There's like yeah, some salad.
4: Yeah, some, maybe. Um, but what was interesting is there's the beast of the day, mm-hmm. which we had to face her away from. Yeah. Um, can you talk about the beast of the day and like that
3: process? So the beast of the day was it was just uh it was really just a way to for the guests to have fun while they're eating at Michael Simon's roast, You know. Yeah. Look it at it. Was a very wasn't very cost effective i will say that um so basically it's like a
4: window with like a rotisserie and like
3: a camel yeah a camel a sheep camel lamb whatever you want to throw up up there
0: there. (laughs) alpaca yeah so it's just
3: it's just a window for us to roast an animal for the guests to have a little fun while they're eating their beast of the day plate you know like oh i'm actually eating that animal that's up there it's just fun fun things it, it it's tasty. It's <laughs> delicious. Yeah. I mean, nothing's better than some meat cooked over a wood fire. So,
4: and and were most of them just just a roast, where there I mean maybe some seasoning, but uh... just salt,
3: okay. pepper, uh, a little oil, and the uh, flavor from the, the wood. Mate. That was it. Nice.
0: So back to your origin. So you uh, you did garmage. You you started uh, butchering animals there. Then did you take any external training? Did you get any? Other education on it? Outside? No, I just I
3: just got a lot of books and I read those books and I did a lot of practice. So these I are paper s- books, not <laughs> not audiobooks. books. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. just read read a lot of books and I practiced with my buddy a lot. We we screwed up a lot, but we eventually <laughs> learned what the hell we were doing. And were you doing that on your own dime? That uh, yeah, I would come in like four hours early to work just to. But they had the meet.
4: So, it's not like you're
3: like, yeah, okay, I wouldn't like buy this a myself. Yeah. No. So, you're like, I would... for four hours and then I would come in every day. I was the first one there every single day. I would get there like ten thirty, eleven o'clock and nice. just try to get a little bit better every day that I worked. So, well, it pays off. It did. It pays off, obviously. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. I got yelled at a lot and I cried in my room at night a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> seriously? But, but it's different. I eventually made these it. days, right? <laughs> it's a whole lot different. But, Back then, it it was very scary. So you just take your mistakes, grind them up, and make burgers, right? Yeah, absolutely. Or a pork meatball or, you know, you do some lamb capta. So the mistakes aren't really mistakes, but you still get yelled at, so it doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) What's your favorite meat to, uh, to cook with?
3: I have to be pork all day. Is there a reason? It's very versatile. You can cook anything with pork, and you can use the entire animal effortlessly, you know? Can't do that with the whole cow. Nose to the squeak. What's the term? Nose to tail. Nose, nose to the tail. Squeak. There's yeah. a squeak in there somewhere. I thought. Yeah, <sighs> everything the nose, but the, squeak. the nose
0: squeaks. Yeah. Come on, it's so britsky. There's
4: a term. <laughs> no, there, there is a term. he's Yeah, right. it's like everything but the squeal or something like. Yeah, that. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. Um, oh, that's so when you when you get a whole pig in, is it uh, it, it's the whole pig minus the organs, right?
3: Minus the, the only organs you get are the kidneys and the liver and the heart. Okay. So everything i say take out for you. Blood? No. You can get the blood if you want, but blood sausage, I'm pretty sure it's still illegal to make in Michigan. It's no. That? Well, we sell it, so okay. hopefully uh. it's not. <laughs> um, uh, coming, but we, se- we sell it from...
2: At Ackeroids, we sell black pudding. So yeah, um, I, I,
3: But we use beef blood, not pork blood. Yeah, so. I'm not a fan of blood sausage at all. You're not? No. I've tried it. I've tried, made it, and... I've given it a chance. I really did have to try to give everything a chance, and I've given blood sausage multiple chances and it just hasn't done me good.
1: So it, it's one of those things that um on a menu, uh you get a restaurant, it doesn't it hardly moves. Yeah. Um you got to put it on a plate with like a full English breakfast. Even even a full English breakfast doesn't move. Really? Yeah,
4: it, it's it it doesn't well, I,
1: you're, you're you're going for a really small niche sure. audience at that point. Well, haggis. <laughs>
4: I mean, I feel Whoa. like unless you're going to the Scottish things that we go to yep. and you have like someone's like, I've had haggis every single day of my life. <laughs> but then but the majority <laughs> of people are like, I don't want it. Right. Yeah. And that's true. And there, there's a
1: level of like, um, it's almost like a, you're a card carrying haggis eater or something. Yeah.
0: Right? I can't remember the last place I had blood sausage. though. I mean, I had it, but I, I don't remember
4: it, though. I bought some from you. It was fine. Like oh yeah, it. I love it. Yeah,
0: um, because you have yeah. white
4: the white blood. It's white white
1: sausage. White, yeah, that's mealy pudding. That's just blood sausage off the blood. Without the essentially, blood. yeah, Got different it. spice blend. Okay, yeah. Um. Okay, so the so you went from roast, then from roast you went. Where'd you end up after roast? Gratiot Avenue Provisions. Gratiot Avenue Provisions. Yeah, I, I was
3: at roast for five years. Uh huh. So I ne- I never left. I went from the A all the way to chef. Oh, it's so great. I worked every station there. I was every sous chef you could be. And then eventually they were like, all right, we'll just make you a chef. <laughs> I like how you rolled
4: your eyes when you said that. Like, <laughs> like ah, fine. Like, he's not alone. leaving. He just won't leave. <laughs> he comes here like, 10 o'clock maybe, every day.
3: <laughs> he won't leave us alone. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be your chef. Was there a
1: charcuterie program at Roast?
3: Yeah, that's that's how I got into it. Okay. Once again, through Andy. Uh the first sausage I ever stuffed was helping him stuff his chorizo. Uh-huh. And he yelled at me to put on gloves. <laughs> like, don't you touch my sausage without gloves. And I was like, yes, yeah, chef.
0: So every one of these, I've tasted everyone. They're, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. Everyone's got such a unique uh, flavor profile. That one, I can see the prosciutto part to it. It's, it's uh, so unique. The fennel is so pronounced in that. That black pepper one is amazing. Yeah. That one.
3: That's everyone's favorite. That's
0: my standout. Yeah. yeah. And then that, you know the it's culpa, man. man's the king right that you can't can't go wrong with that i mean i put that on a sandwich all day by itself uh how do you like to have it do you like you got the board set up right here for those uh, obviously they can't see it, that are aren't watching this live skype that we got going on <laughs> yeah. for today only you got the board set up with some crackers and some uh what mixed nuts and yeah some Marcona. and yeah. so uh, how do you like to set up a charcuterie board you do you want to have uh some uh you know, some different things on there. You want to have some like uh sauces, you want what do you what do you like? Yeah, there?
3: typically try to do always do there's a few salamis, a few whole muscles, um a pate, mm. a cooked item like a spalakoto, uh or a What's salami? a spalakoto? Spalakoto is um it's the shoulder, so after you debone the shoulder and take the remove the copa, uh you just cure it for eleven days, roll it up and roast it in an oven. For about eight hours.
4: Interesting. You cook it after the cure.
3: Yeah. Huh. Okay. Hmm. And um, it's pretty much just like cooked ham at nice. that point. But it's delicious. And it's just as marbly and fatty as the copa. What kind of, what kind of pate do you like? Um, Not a super fan of pate. <laughs> so I try. I usually don't eat it. But I like making them. They're fun to make. They're like... A really time-consuming, four-hour process, and you put a whole lot of love in it, and everyone else seems to enjoy it, but I'm just like, yeah, whatever.
1: Now, now pa- every pate has liver in it. Is that what makes it a pate? Um, or is it just a really finely ground?
3: It's just a finely ground, forced meat. You know, is put whatever you want in there, it's really. I mean, doesn't it doesn't have, have, have to have liver? It doesn't have to have liver. Okay. But most pates have liver. There's Most of the good pates have liver anyway. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts on terrines? I love terrines. Tureens are fun to make. I actually made a uh, mushroom tureen for the chef's table dinner. Was that the, all veggie? It was. No, it had oh. a little chicken in there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not really. She's not listening. <laughs> there is, uh, it's a chicken mousseline with uh, some wild forage mushrooms in there, black trumpets, trumpet Trump royales, and oyster mushrooms. That I love making that. It's just beauty to see that the chicken – you can make a terrine out of chicken and mushrooms and not use pork or any types of beef or any stuff like that. It's just amazing.
4: Do you cover it in chicken fat or anything? Or? No, it's
3: literally just chicken breasts and those three mushrooms you just and pack it egg white. Yeah, just egg whites, a little cream and cream. pack it okay. in a terrine. Cool. It's amazing. I love terrines.
0: When you're when you're putting together a board, are you thinking about the board itself or are you thinking about pairings like with
3: cheese? No, I I try to mostly pair with the pickles that I put on the board, the pickles and the dried fruits. Uh, I'm not, I'm not very well versed in cheese. I will be the first to admit that. But thank, thankfully, Gratiot Avenue has our own personal cheese mugger. so him and I are going to work very closely together to, uh, to educate me on cheese and educate him on charcuterie. But I used to just go for the the cheeses that I like, like Taleggio or Raclette, and love Raclette. <laughs> that's nick in the background yeah
0: i love hear. me
4: so, like the whole process of raclette is so cool because basically it's like you're you're up in like you're skiing in some hill <laughs> you got this wheel of raclette roasting near a fire they scrape off some of the gooiness, they put it on bread and potatoes things and uh, yeah, you just put mm-hmm. it in your mouth
3: you ever oh, seen you that thing they,
0: they got them in san francisco on the pier where you go and it's and they make grilled cheese with it and you order grilled cheese, and they have that that huge wheel, yeah. And they got a heating source at the top. I, I don't know why we don't have that here. It's amazing. I, I mean, it seems so simple. It'd be perfect for Eastern Market.
4: I mean, we're you know what? I'm going to yeah. quit my job. Quit my
0: job. I'm going to have a, a wheel in Eastern Market
4: and like a cart that like rolls around and like you're like the Riclet yeah. Deal. You got to
0: roll around the Eastern Market with the cart. This is great. I think yeah. they only cost like twelve hundred bucks. I mean, for the whole thing. the license. No man, the whole. Uh, Wheel of cheese? <laughs> what are you talking about? The, the, the cart? No, <laughs> you guys are all killing me. The, the apparatus that cooks the thing, you know, the the heating
3: source mm. and all that.
0: All right, you could pay that I off and
4: scrape d- it off.
3: Month or so, you mm. can stop by Gratiot Avenue every day, and I would pay the parking it lot all for you yeah. in a
1: week. Mm. Mm. Like, and, like a little
4: cheese dealer in the parking, parking
1: right lot, right up north at Leland. All cheese is like the best raclette that you'll mm-hmm. ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have two versions: they have a cave aged and a and like a fresh raclette it's and literally like it's so popular up there that you'll go to the markets and there'll be signs up saying we do not have lelanol raclette right now stop asking us <laughs> it's that it's that sought after so, um it's a fantastic cheese it is you know
4: and um
3: it goes great with sweaty
4: funky meats too <laughs> sweaty funky meats. now you mentioned you mentioned sweaty when we started is that just kind of the the glisten when it sets out
3: no that's Pretty much what, how it dries out, you all know, right. you throw it in this room that's at 60 to 80% humidity and the temperature is anywhere between 50 and 60 degrees. I mean, all of us would be sweating right now. That's for sure. <laughs> so just, you're just getting all that moisture out of there. Got it. I got to go in there and clean it every day because it's so sweaty. It's, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> moist in there at times. So I, I've heard, um,
1: from, from other chefs that, Health departments hate charcuterie programs. Is that true? It's
3: because they're not educated. Right. Oh, um, no. I, and and yeah. yeah. So it's not, it's the health department. It's not any of the other guys like MDART. They, they're pretty open to it. That's, that's who we had to go through. USDA is absolutely open to it. But usually the local health department just aren't educated enough on the process and behind it and all the care that is being taken care of with this, with these products. So they immediately see it and they're like, Oh, there's something I don't know. It must be bad. It must be bad. It must be bad. And they jump down your throat about it.
1: And then you, you present them your HACCP plan. And then what do they say? The
3: health department doesn't even want to see a, their HACCP plan. They're like, you can't keep this bacon out here. This is not right. And it's like, what? Even with that? Even yeah. They, with- I, when I was at Rose, I got I got reprimanded plenty of times because, you know, we, we made our own charcuterie there uh-huh. and uh, we made our own bacon there they made it seem like i was committing an ultimate sin that we made our own bacon <laughs> they who the health department okay. but if you go through like MDART or someone like that they're like okay just show me your hazard plan show me your sop show me all that and
4: all right we don't care as long right. as you follow this for some of the people that aren't edu- educated about hazard plan hazard um HACCP. hazard
3: hazard HACCP. analysis and critical control points
1: and then sop is standard operating St- procedure yep okay yeah These and are this all-
3: is,
4: so like basically you're saying okay we we refrigerate all of our stuff at a certain temperature. Is that kind yeah, of what's so, on there? So
3: the hazard analysis is you literally have to identify the hazards of doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they don't – they just want to – MDAR just wants to know that you know what could go wrong in this process. And they want to know what you're doing if something goes wrong, what you're doing to prevent something from going wrong. And if if something gets – uh, bad mold on it. What are you going to do at that point? Are you going to throw it away? Are you going to try to salvage it? No, you're going to throw it away because that's what you said in your HACCP plan. So it's just, it's just them getting you to identify that you know what you're doing. And so they don't have to monitor you all the time. C- can we talk about mold
1: for a second? Because um, I- I've been part of this uh Facebook group. All mold's uh, bad.
4: What's that? All mold's bad. No, I'm, no I'm, I'm, being, I'm being the devil's oh, advocate. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought it so, was the name of the Facebook group. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm, 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 and the face, name of the Facebook group is going to escape me, but they talk about uh, sausage making and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's all these. Sausage of, Yes. Yes. That, yeah, I'm in that it. one too. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they talk about, like, oh, so I have this, <laughs> this mold, this colored mold growing, this yeah. colored mold growing. So can we talk about that as. Absolutely. As, as, for a second and kind of explain what's good mold versus bad mold.
3: So the only good mold is a uh, white mold. Okay. A white, chalky, dusty mold. If and it's furry, it's not. If it's white and furry, it's, it's no good. It's going to turn
1: bad. So what what is white chalky like dusty mold? What is that?
3: This a it's actually a culture you can breed as penicillin and uh okay. you can actually buy the the chalky mold from Butcher and Packer. It's called Mold 600. You buy it, you inoculate it and um Water, uh, distilled water for twelve hours or so, and then you can spray it in your entire room. You can dip your salamis in it. You can dip your copas in it if you want. And it pretty much just it helps drop the pH a little bit more, and it uh protects the meat from all the bad molds, like the greens, the blues, the blacks, the oranges, the yellows. It protects you from all those guys.
4: Can we talk about that really quick? Can we talk about the magic of butcher and packer? Because I don't think the majority of the public. Knows about this place. So Butcher and Packers at 14 in DeQuinder.
1: Yep, they they are an incredible wealth of knowledge. Yes, um, and
4: a retail store for like buying crazy things that most places don't have.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh,
1: if you want to get into sausage making, if you want to get into meat grinding, mm-hmm. if you want to get into, I mean, they even have great knives off. You want to get into butchery? They, butchery, they, they got you.
4: And yeah. anyone can go. It's not like you need the, like that crazy restaurant supply store that you have to like donate a child to get in. <laughs> like they
1: restaurant it, depot. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah,
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. The, yeah.
3: Yeah, butcher is open to the public. They're they're awesome. You can go in there. They're so good at their jobs that they actually make they make you feel like you don't know what you're doing. They're like, <laughs> they're like, I noticed you bought all this stuff. Do you need destros? I'm like, no, I have it. They're like, are you sure? I'm, like, I'm positive. Like, do you need sugar? No, I don't need any sugar. Are you sure? You know what you're supposed to do with this culture when you get home, right? It's like, I mean, I had a whole list when I came in here. I think. I think I know a little bit.
4: <laughs> there there is something to be said about going to some of these industrial stores. I haven't really got it from the cooking stores, but definitely like the welding in some of those stores, they're just like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And 9 times out of 10 I don't. <laughs> but they definitely make you feel like an idiot. Yeah. But 9
0: times out of 10 you mean 10 out of 10. <laughs>
4: no, I'm getting better. <laughs> but yeah, Butcher and Pack is such a fun store.
0: It is. So I I I want to Sorry, my Talk fault. about mold
4: some more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um so th- these different colored molds, h- how do you best practices? How do you avoid and and also, how do you w- where does black mold come from versus orange mold? Like what, so what does that mean? So
3: each mold, yeah, each mold has a particular thing that starts it. So the black mold, there's like high humidity and absolutely no air movement in your charcuterie room or wherever you in your house. There's like 80% humidity and the air is not moving at all so that's a perfect area for black mold to grow and once black mold grows this spores is like crazy then you got the greens and the blues who they're bad guys but they're not really bad guys you know so
0: so in your charcuterie room are you have like forced air do you have like a circulation kind of system I have
3: 3 fans in my in my charcuterie room and uh we have two Wall, uh, window air conditioner units in there. We busted out two holes in the wall and put the um the air conditioner used in there. They help with the dehumidification, and I also have two dehumidifiers in there. So w- when you when you build out this
1: room, um, did you have a vision, or was it something that you learned
3: from roast, or it was, a little bit of both? It was a combination. Like I've I looked into other people's charcuterie rooms and their 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 curing rooms. And uh, just learning from Rose, like the the dehumidification is a huge factor. Um, uh, like 81 percent is all it, it takes. One percent to change what goes on in your curing room. Like it goes from being white to greens and blues very fast. One percent, yeah, that's literally all well, it takes. Well, well, hold on, but the one percent on, yeah, right? the one so percent. Like under if that, it's, if it's yeah. under that eighty percent, you should be fine as long as you got some air movement going in there and you got. Other types of dehumidification, but you hit eight, once you hit eighty percent, that's like your danger zone. You you might want to start adjusting some things <laughs> to your room. But but
1: outside, does the outside temperature affect that?
3: Uh, where, where we're at, at k Foods, yes, absolutely. So those really really hot days about three weeks ago that we had, mm-hmm. I was emptying my dehumidifier three times a day. So it was just because the parking lot. And there's like a brick wall. That's it. And then there's our curing room. And it's like those bricks are heating up, and it's causing all the meat to sweat, and it's causing so much moisture to happen.
1: Hmm. So, in an ideal situation, what is the ideal p- placement for a charcuterie room? In the like
4: underground?
3: <laughs> yeah, underground. for Is sure. it really? You don't because you, you don't want it to be like contaminated by the elements. You know, like the sun is a very powerful being, and. <laughs> Yeah, you want you want to hide from that guy at all costs. He's scary.
1: So the the Gresh Avenue provisions hasn't opened yet. So um, do you have is there a projected date?
3: Um, the restaurant being built out now. Okay, I've actually been where I there's a it's a twofold operation. Okay. So we have a production facility, which is where I've been since January, and then we also have a restaurant that is opening on Gresham. So we're both in Eastern Market. I'm located in the old K Foods, and um, right across from Detroit Hustles Harder. Okay. And the restaurant is on Gratiot and J, where the building with all the fantastic billboard signs, the so, old Butcher Packer building, actually. So
1: you're producing now out of the K Foods building, yes. and um, you, I've seen you. You're you've had the the Chef's Table event, obviously, and then you're also providing food for at, at times for Sugar House, mm-hmm. um, Buell Bar, uh. And then are you right co?
3: It, Right is no, not right and co, not right now. No, no. they're <laughs> they don't they currently don't have a charcuterie program because okay. they're like the most extensive food program in
2: Detroit, Opens, in the, right?
3: Uh, them in yeah. Peterborough. Oh, Peterborough. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I
2: right is a larger yeah. property. Okay. Honest John's got those brats though.
3: Yeah. Honest John's carries our brats. Nice.
4: Nice.
3: And is there an intention to go into grocery stores? There is. Um, obviously, we'd have to go USCA instead of MDART which is the Michigan Department of Agriculture and um once once we become a large enough operation and we're able to provide for the restaurant pl- plus all of our other properties then there's a potential for us to go into grocery stores. And then Corridor starts getting pissed and coming after you with pictures. Oh, tracks. no. Will, Will's a great guy. We actually just had a meeting with him today. He's a great guy. That's Will Branch. Yeah, Will yeah. Branch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have to get Will on here. Well, we I'm not, have we not a Will yet? No, no we, we have to do that. I don't dabble in Will's uh, area of expertise. He's There's their fresh sausage. Got, airport cooking? He's got a Is great that market. that you don't dabble in?
1: What's that, airport cooking? Airport. Oh.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry, Will. <laughs> Yeah, don't go to Corridor Kitchens. <laughs> it's what? fine. It's fine. Wow. Pissing <laughs> off everybody.
0: Yeah. Were you going to say Nick? something by Bigalora, too? <laughs> airport.
4: I did see him. Uh, well, I won't get into that. I'll share that off the podcast. <laughs> that was a funny story, though.
1: So th- there's this there's salami. Mm-hmm. And there's salumi.
3: What's the difference? Oh. Um, it's not really a, di- a difference. I-, I didn't think so. Yeah. Potato, potato. <laughs> yeah. So, salumi is just another way of saying, you do charcuterie.
1: <laughs> so it's just a way of saying fancy salami. Yeah, it's like,
3: hey, uh, I got this salumi on my board. You want to check it out? You know, you have to say it in a sexy voice. Jason? Yeah. Can you, should we all say salumi? salumi?
0: Salumi. Everyone needs to say salumi. <laughs> Everyone. do you want some salumi? Not, not your
2: salumi. Oh. It's chorizo, baby. Uh, can what we you... get that played back in point five? <laughs> <laughs> What are your thoughts on lardo?
3: Oh, absolutely love it. I was actually <laughs> going to bring you guys some. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, no, I'm going to say that. They don't. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> so lardo is basically
2: basically cured fat. Right? It's just
3: fat, man. It's yeah. like fat in all its glory. <laughs>
2: is that what? What's the stuff that you were slicing up? That th- is that was the uh, that was pork actually, belly. S-
3: no, that was spalla from the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh the, the the lardo was what I put on the scallops. Okay, I put whipped lard on the scallop course for the chef's table dinner. So was that cured then? If you whipped it, yeah, it was it was cured for about three months, and, and then it, it maintains I, a creamy consistency. Oh, absolutely, neat. It was Mangalisa fat, so yeah, neat. yeah. Oh, you're using Mangalisa. I use Mangalisa, mulefoots, uh Tamworth. Uh, I work with Farmfield Table. I mean, yeah, Farmfield Table a lot we actually went up to their farm about 4 months ago.
1: That's at M. L. City, yeah. in Emily City, In Emily
3: City. Um they do he actually just got all of his pigs back to a 50/50 mule mule foot if i'm not mistaken. That's what he said.
1: Yeah, Matt was on here. Mm-hmm. Matt Rome was yeah. here a few months ago. A
3: few months yeah. ago, yeah. Do you well,
4: buy pork shoulder from him? They never have any yes! for me. <laughs> because i went in to try to get some and he's like we don't have any. All the restaurants buy it. <laughs> yeah,
3: i i actually just get the whole hogs from them yeah, and I can't do that. um yeah. <laughs> It really it's pricey, but it's so great. If I need something on the fly, I hit those guys up too. Mm -hmm. Like I have some pork bellies coming tomorrow, which is a rare thing. Never have those either. I was like, I'm jumping on that. They are getting super popular. Like
4: and during the holidays, they had lines out the door. Yeah,
3: I mean they have an incredible product. So it's it's what we're trying to do. They have they're offering people something that's not in this area. So that's what's amazing about those guys.
1: So in terms of scaling a business like this, um, you're talking about opening a restaurant, mm-hmm. right? Um, providing f- charcuterie to other restaurants within, within the group, the Detroit Optimist Society, eventually everyone. Um, and then eventually going into gro- grocery stores. Uh, how do you scale out incrementally?
3: Like what, what is the vision to do such a thing? uh, it's pretty big. It's just right now I'm this one man operation. So that's
1: what it sounds like, and that's that's kind of what I'm getting at.
3: Yeah. So right now I have I have someone on the uh, the line, my buddy Garrett. He actually was my sous sous chef over at Rose. When I first took over the chef position, he ran our charcuterie program for us. And once business starts heating up, I'm gonna try to bring him on board. I mean, I can do a, a pig pretty fast, but that's not the part that's the hard part. It's the processing of it. So once once the restaurant opens, I'll really be able to tell how the flow of things are going to go. I, as of right now, I have no idea. I'm yeah. just doing the best I can.
1: And, and the reason I ask is you know, we're drinking these bottles of rye here, and these couple bottles of Willett are five years in, right? So you mm-hmm. have to wait five years before yeah, like, you absolutely. have any product. What is the minimum – Amount of aging that goes into the the meats that you're carrying. The
3: minimum is four weeks. Um, okay. So right now, I have a prosciutto that was actually cured in a eagle rare barrel.
2: Wow. Um, I
3: have three of those, and I have a twelve, eighteen, and a twenty-four month curing right drying right now. So the prosciuttos are obviously going to take the longest, and then the the salamis are a quick quick cash grab. I can bang those out very easy it's a four-week process so i pretty much stagger my salamis where i always have four different salamis finishing every week mm. so if someone wants to buy any of our product they can they can buy our salamis right now we're not offering any of our whole muscles or prosciuttos or specialty cuts to the public or any of the restaurants or sugar house like the prosciuttos are only going to be for the restaurant that's the only place you'll ever be able to get the Gratiot Avenue provisions prosciutto.
1: Is that Gra- Gratiot Avenue provisions? Yep. Um, and and that's because you're you're able to use scraps in a salami, essentially. And mm-hmm. scraps is a bad, yep. be a, the, a bad, you know, word, the
3: the trimmings, the trimmings. Yeah. That and yeah, that, exactly. I I can use all my trimmings to make salami, and when you're getting a three hundred pound pig in, there's a lot of trimming, so. Each trim, I can make 30 pounds of salami off trimmings if I wanted to. Off of off, off of one pig. Off of one pig, yeah.
1: Where, whereas a prosci- uh, uh, prosciutto is like, what do you get out of one pig?
3: I hate, two. I get two prosciuttos yeah. out of each pig. Right. Uh-huh. So I, I stagger each, that also. Each ass cheek, basically. Yeah. Okay. Each, <laughs> <laughs> each butt cheek. Yeah.
4: No, we're okay. We have the E. Okay. There we go.
2: Is there
3: a sexy way to say prosciutto? Uh, no, I don't know. I can I can attempt it. Though. Some people say like prosciutto. <laughs> prosciutto. Prosciut. There's also something called a prosciutini. Mm.
4: <laughs> oh God, is that with like like gin? It's actually,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've made prosciutini with uh porcelain, actually, which a porcelain, a ten-week milk-fed uh, pig. So it's very, it's like the veal of pig. <gasps> oh, like a little suckling. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh. <laughs> that's
1: simultaneously like delicious and like,
3: sad. Yep. 10 weeks old. Yeah, while well, you're eating it, you're crying, but <laughs> you're also enjoying it.
1: Okay, so let's let's talk about these ryes
4: for a minute because I think we have four different ryes. Did you try mine versus Jason's? Because even though the, what, it's like a I didn't couple, try that one yet, so let's. It, there, there is a difference. Oh, there's a totally difference. Definitely a difference. And mine's a hair brighter with alcohol.
2: Namely, um, the the age difference. There's two years difference. Mm. So we've talked about Willett a little bit in the past, but they're... Uh, <clears throat> Didn't Patrick
4: bring some Willett or Tony? He did.
2: Yep. They both, when we had them on. Um, they've been distilling their own the last Not few years. Not available in Michigan, you
4: jerks. None of them
2: is none of it's available in Michigan, but if you were to visit uh, the South, you'd be able to pick up some of their own versus um, their Willett family estate, which uh, most of those are stores, but... Uh, yeah, so they they've what's great about their uh process is they've been releasing these the rye that they've been and the bourbon that they've been aging themselves every year so you get a sense of how it's evolving over time, how it's uh, you know as the as they get older. Uh Nix is a small batch 3-year and uh this is a single barrel 5-year.
4: So the 3-year I think is smoother. I I really like mine, especially yeah. comparing it to Jason's. Not saying I don't like Jason's. Sure. This this has a little more kind of Butterscotch, chocolate yeah. flavors to it. Whereas Jason's is good, but it's just a little more mellowed, maybe because of age. And then we have um, the Journeyman's, uh, not a King whiskey, yep. uh, which was imported good. from the West Coast of Michigan.
1: West Coast of Michigan, and then the seventeen ninety two High Right. High Rise, yeah. Um, yep. you know, and and uh, all of them are good.
4: The, the Willet, I think. The Willets stand out. Both yeah. them stand out, of course. Um, They're also probably double the price of both of these.
2: The three years also a small batch. Uh, at that time, they just you know they. We don't know what the size, but they threw some barrels together. Once they reached, um, I think five, maybe four, but this is a single barrel. So they've released a couple different single barrels of the five year, which um, this is the only one I've got. But they will have some variation, some nuance in those, so they're not um, they're not all the same.
1: So Aramis, the Gresh Avenue Provisions, the the focus on beverage, cocktails, wine, beer, all three. What do you think?
3: Uh, a- I'm pretty sure it's uh just cocktails and wine. Cocktails and wine. Mm. I don't think the focus is going to be too much on beer. Okay. Um,
1: I, I mean the 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 charcuterie and cheese kind of element
3: screams for wine. I yeah, think. absolutely. And,
1: and yeah. then cocktails is like a optimistic society. I
3: mean, yeah, we're talking about Dave yeah. K here, so yeah. right. <laughs>
4: but but debatable. What I think I mean, beer pairs really well with a lot of things. It and does because it's kind of bubbly. It's really cleansing with some of the the fats too. And, so then you drink sparkling
1: wine, Nick. <laughs> unless, unless you don't drink oh, beer, okay. well,
4: yeah, we yeah, have
0: poor, poor Vato over here. You know, <laughs> I was there, but I used to be. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Before we before we wrap, can I do yeah. a
4: quick shout out? Yes, go vote Toma Detroit if you're listening live. we voted the, twice a day. They're first Detroit, the first God. ever agave bar in Detroit could be ours if top, you top four. If you vote for them, so go do that right now. That's voting. Toma yes. T O M A. And for it's some right. reason, they were being super coy and polite the last time they were on and it, wouldn't talk about it.
0: Right, you can vote twice a day. Uh, Aramis
1: where can we find out more information about the Gresham new provisions and-
3: um, we have a we have a website that just went live 2 weeks ago okay. and also check out our Instagram or our Facebook What's the website The website is GrashitAvenueProvisions. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. No, it's Grashit Avenue. <laughs> provisions. Ave provisions.
2: All of them are Grashit
3: Provisions. Grashit Provisions. A-V- that's V. I don't even know my yeah. own website. <laughs> yeah. Well, ask the guy. That's probably Grashit happens. G R A T I O T. Do you have a personal those.
1: Instagram that people can follow that you want to make public or no? Absolutely. It's okay.
3: uh my personal Instagram is it's only one Aramis. That is the number one, not the letter, the word one. <laughs> Sorry, um, it's only one Aramis. Awesome. It's true because Nick has
2: never met an Aramis before. That's
3: awesome. Or or an an Artemis. Artemis. (laughs) Artemis. That's awesome.
1: Aramis, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Best of luck. Thank you. Until next time, dine well, friends.